0: do not but also i know one thing luke you better not hop on his bed (laughs) dogs are people too girl no not today because let me tell you the other day (laughs) he tried the other day when we were on the phone and he hopped on the bed he peed a little yeah (laughs) and you know i have all white sheets and stuff uh-huh. And I was like, girl, and I was just ready, like it was wasn't that New Year's Eve? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was New Year's Eve. And I take a shower. I'm like, I'm gonna be asleep before midnight. Girl, I was like about to hop in bed and I looked at these yellow dots, this yellow I think trail. You're like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he sure enough he peed a little. And it's I think it's well, I'm sure it's because I scared him because he gets in my bed and he never pees. But I think it's because I scared him and he like was like, What the fuck? So yeah so he's trying to get up here right now and he better not you better leave Luke alone okay he been giving you the saddest eyes and I don't know how you have to I you know yell at do not yell at Luke let <laughs> him on your bed no cause he gonna pee Luke I'm sorry sir I'm sorry but no I'm gonna go get on the on the couch is fine He's we can go on the couch later when I'm done with all this we'll get on the couch Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Single Dog I am your host, Shayna. And of course, never too far from me is my co host, my four year old French bulldog, Luke. All right. So let's go ahead and hop into that um, phone call. So, um, yeah. So, as you guys know, I have been trying to spend more time with Luke. Um, I've been, you know, I've made the transition um, over the past seven or eight ish months of, um, you know, I work in the city now, I don't work from home anymore. And, um, I just, I feel, I've been feeling like I haven't been spending um, as much time with him. So, um, one thing that I committed to was to, um, spend more time with him, like on the couch watching TV. And then as time went on, I was like, you know what? Um, like, I don't, I don't really like being on the couch. I don't, Oh, excuse me. Um, I was like, I don't really like to be on the couch. Um, I really like to be in my bed. I think it's like the way that my apartment's set up. And plus like my couch is not all that comfortable um, for like snuggling with him and stuff like that. So anyway, I was like, you know what? Whatever, Luke can go ahead and get in my bed now. So I've been trying to cuddle with Luke in my bed. And um, yeah, for the longest time, what I thought was pee, I was like, okay. And I have all white sheets, like all white linen. And I was like, Every time Luke gets out of my bed, there's this, like, yellow droplets, <laughs> you know, that obviously he's leaving. And so I thought that that's what it was. And um, then time went on or whatever. And then I was like, okay, this might not be pee because it's little droplets. And Luke never pees. Like, he he's completely, like, well-trained. He's never had an accident. You know what I mean? I was like, he never pees in my apartment otherwise. So, what, like, why is he peeing on my bed, you know? Um, so... I have a suspicion that this had something to do with him not being fixed. Um, and then I took him to the uh, vet the other day um, for, for his uh, vaccines and everything. And I asked the vet, I said, Hey, you know, like, I feel like he's peeing or something like yellow's coming out of out of there, you know? And she's like, um, Oh yeah, that's because he's not fixed. So further confirmed my suspicion of this. Right. And, um, Honestly, I have no interest in, in getting in, in keeping him like unfixed. I'm not breeding him. There's there's no need for it. But at the same time, I've never seen the need to get him neutered as well because it doesn't really cause any huge problems for me until I found out that he is having these these problems with um, this secretion that's coming, <laughs> that's coming out. And so I learned a new word the other day. And um so i'm gonna I'm looking at the dictionary right now. So the word is called smegma s m e g m a. Smegma is a sebaceous secretion in the folds of the skin, especially under a man's foreskin. So sometimes when Luke is sitting up, you know, just sitting there, and like, you know, you just happen to glance, At at, like you know in that area, um, sometimes there will be some like some yellowish you know stuff coming out of there, and I'm just like, I never really paid it any like any attention like that much, but now that I know that this is getting into my like on my sheets and stuff, and like literally every time I see it, I'm like I'm I'm washing my sheets, and at this point, I'm like, I take it back. You cannot get on my bed. You know what I mean? So, moral of the story is, Luke is um secreting smegma onto um the things here in my apartment and that's definitely not about to fly in my new apartment because I'm getting like some new furniture pieces and like no like he can't so I'm gonna have to get Luke fixed you guys and it is nine (laughs) hundred dollars nine hundred dollars that's the quote I got and obviously I got second and third and fourth and fifth quotes um but basically um it's going to be that expensive for Luke specifically because he is a French bulldog. Therefore he is a purebred dog. Either they they consider like purebred dogs or um, designer dogs um, more risky to, to um, neuter them. And therefore like the normal places to get them done for free or for very cheap, like the ASPCA or places like that will not actually neuter um, French bulldogs and um, like des- designer dogs in in and, and um, purebred dogs like that because obviously they're breeding pro they're breathing problems and um yeah i searched high and low and i could not find anywhere else so i'm gonna have to go ahead and break down um and and pay that 900 but if anybody has any secrets that i was not aware of hit me up and let me know Hey, you guys it is time for this week's hot dog topic hot dog topics is current events but make it relatable and make it about dogs all right so um a few follow-ups from like the previous few weeks that i've been talking i did i did um some talking about uh patreon and like all of these different people charging all of this money just to hear their content and so i did some reevaluating as promised and um i did cancel something Um, I did not cancel, though. I didn't cancel any of my TV things that I pay for. I, I canceled, you guys, my Savage X Fenty subscription. It was, like, $60 a month, and I already have three credits, like, from the past three months that I haven't even, like, redeemed them. You know what I mean? So I'm, like, I don't even use this every month, so that is something that I can get rid of and save $60 or, you know... uh subscribe to like Kev1Stage's thing, you know, like I said that I would. Um, So I got rid of my Savage X subscription. And I also, I think I'm feeling more skims nowadays anyway. I really think that I like the way that um, the design of skims are. And people have really been talking about how comfortable it is. And um, yeah, sometimes Savage X Fenty is a little bit too sexy for me. I'm like, I'm not really getting dressed up like that. You know what I mean? All right. So that's what I did. And so since I got rid of Savage X, I then... Subscribed to Kev one Stages Patreon, um, and I was actually um, very pleased with the uh, like what he offers on his Patreon. Um, his his um, they call it like once you subscribe to someone on Patreon, they call it you're you're now a patron. Um, so no matter um, which tier the you enroll for on his um, Patreon, every tier honestly gets the same access to all of the content that they create. So the tier that you sign up for is really just how much you want to donate to them per month, right? So you can donate as little as $3 a month, or I think the highest one goes to $50. I did the $3 one, okay, <laughs> because I have other subscriptions that I need to buy probably, maybe, I don't know. Um, so I did the $3 one, and, I, and you also get 10% off if you buy your year upfront. So that's also will save you some money. Um, but I did that. So now I'm, I have access to all of Kevon Stage's material, all these like um, patron exclusives, um, live shows and things like that. So I started looking around and I saw um, that he has um, a lot of things that I had not actually seen now um a lot of this stuff he'll he'll release on patreon first and then he'll put it on youtube but i don't subscribe to him on youtube either so i had no idea before i talk about his um patreon though i want to talk about how (laughs) now i said that i i had another i had a favorite podcast that i wanted to subscribe to their patreon the read and the Friend Zone. right never mind because it's outrageous it's outrageous like i just I'm still in the place where I just don't understand where we are in like having to pay all this shit. Well, like, first of all, it all used to be free, you know? And um, just everybody is like charging for something nowadays. It's, it's really wild. Like my sister texted me the other day and she was like, I'm about to cancel our family Netflix because this shit is getting too expensive. (laughs) And I was like, I understand, but please don't cancel it. Uh, But point is, is that like, everybody is like, just to view content wherever, it just costs money. And it just, it hasn't always been that way. You know, podcasts have always been free. <laughs> um, so, so that's, that's an adjustment, but yeah, the read and um, the friend zone, their prices for their patrons raise uh, range from $5 to $25 um, for this bonus content and stuff. And like, Honestly, it's just not that deep to me. I'm just not going to be able to do it. So I saw it. But um, I'm not going to do that. I did um, subscribe to this other girl that I follow on YouTube. Her name is Ostefko. You guys might have seen her um, viral YouTube video. It was called the um, she went viral for that like pretty, pretty privileged thing. She's like, Basically saying how she's not pretty and she's thirty-seven years old and that she just feels like she's never going to like find love because she's not pretty enough or whatever. As a black girl, it's very um, interesting perspective that she has. I love her and she has a Patreon and so I I subscribe to hers. But that's it. All right. So anyway, back to KeV on stage. So I'm looking through his Patreon and I'm like, oh, what am I going to watch today? Because like you know, (laughs) paying my little three dollars a month, so I'm about to (laughs) use it. And so. I see that he had an interview that just came out five hours before with Fred Hammond. And I was like, yeah, I'm watching. I love Fred Hammond. You know, Um, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this interview And the interview. You guys was very interesting. So the segment that he has on his, um, well, this, the show that he has on his Patreon um, is called coming to the stage and he'll release it on Patreon first, but then he does release it later on on YouTube and Facebook. So um, you can see like, past interviews that he's had with, like, he's interviewed Jackie Ina, he's interviewed Kirk Franklin, he does, like, a lot of, um, celebrity interviews, but the Fred Hammond one was the most recent one, so it was very interesting to see, like, um, like, I don't think I've ever watched a Fred Hammond interview, I've never really gotten into the whole, like, gospel, um, uh, gossip and current events, you know, side of things. So it was very interesting to to um, see Fred Hammond be so open about like how he came up in the industry and, you know, kind of like how he got started and like, you know, where he is today and how he feels. So it was very interesting. Um, so one of the most interesting things that I took from that is now that like, you know, Fred Hammond is obviously well established at this point. He could retire if he wants to. Um, but he's had a lot of hit records, right? So, um, one of those hit records being no weapon. Um, um, and then he also had, a, a group that he was with, I think the Marvin Winans some one of the wine sister family people. Um, but anyway, they had a group together and they had a lot of hit records as well. So, um, basically Hezekiah says that a lot of the inspiration for his gospel music came from R&B songs. And he was like, you know what? The Kev, Kevin asked him a specific question about this song called, um, oh, it's called Running Back to You. And Hezekiah was like, look, wait, Hezekiah, I'm thinking about Hezekiah Walker, excuse me. Fred was like, um, look, you know, that song was about fornication. He was like, honestly, That's where a lot of my inspiration came from was R&B songs about fornication that I just turned into gospel. So I want to play this clip for you guys. And um, then I'll talk more about it. Um, But this is um, the clip that had me like, damn, this is how this is how he did it. So hold on just a second. Let me go back. Okay. Our little nephews. Yep, yep. And they have a song, and I said, I'm taking that part of that bridge. I don't care what song you come from. And I'm putting it in there because that's one of my favorite parts of the bridge. It said, me And I won't let go till you ask me to, I'll make love to you. <Gesicht> so I said, "Well, I uh, won't be afraid of the arrow by day." Uh, y'all can't sue me. That statutes and limitations. Plus, y'all took some of my stuff too. Y'all know y'all did. We good. Oh my bet. God! No weapon. What, Fred? We borrow from each other all the time. That's why it sounds familiar the first time you hear it. That's what it. That's why it sounds familiar. You know. What? All right. So, if you didn't catch that, basically, Fred Hammond was saying that the um, the tune of his hit song "No Weapon," um, he actually was inspired by Boys to Men's hit song "I'll Make Love to You," <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, like." That's what I was listening to back then. So yeah, I was like getting inspired from like Boys to Men, um, Gerald Levert, Al Green, Anita Baker. Like he was like, yeah, a lot of my music was really inspired by you know those people because I looked up to them. And he, um, it was like a full circle moment that he had when um, he met the the, the well. He didn't look up to Boys to Men per se, but he met Boys to Men and they said like, we started our group because of you. Like we look up to you. And so it was just very interesting to see, like, you know, to hear about how that came about. And um, he admitted the same thing with like a few other songs as well. So if you haven't seen the interview, um, I, it's a really good interview. It's an hour and a half of him just like giving all these details that I personally did not know. I don't know if this was like he said it wasn't public information. He said he's never said that before. So um, there was like a lot of things that I learned about uh, Mr. Fred Hammond. And then so another thing that he did was. Fred Hammond took me back to um, so I grew up in church. I think I mentioned this like in the previous episode, but I I'm definitely like, I, it wasn't just Sunday for us. Like we were in, church on weekdays, weeknights, Sunday, school to evening service at six o'clock, like church was very serious in our household. So like, it was definitely like, um, you know, I grew up on Fred Hammond and uh, Hezekiah Walker, like I was saying, and, you know, people like that. And so the thing about my church is that um, uh, we were a non-denominational church. Uh, Our our pastor, um, you know, she was very... She was just very strict though. like she was just very strict though. like um, other churches that I would go to I would I would feel like a little bit more relaxed. but when I would be at uh, like you know my home church, our pastor was very strict. we could not wear jeans. Um, the, the women could not wear well the men couldn't wear jeans either, but jeans just weren't allowed in the church, okay <laughs> um, the so I was in the the choir, the youth choir, and I was um you know one of the praise dancers as well. like we could not the choir could not sing Kirk Franklin songs um the praise dancers could not dance to kirk franklin music like any song that we wanted to dance to we had to get approved by the pastor and like if it was any of that like rah rah type like you know gospel she was like no like we're not doing that in the church because that's not you know that's not church and so hezekiah um excuse me why do i keep calling fred hammond hezekiah walker fred hammond was saying that um you know he got some of that same backlash um, whenever he was coming up um, with the group that he was in and just, you know, as a young gospel singer and how he would come to his shows and, you know, there would be people picketing outside of his shows because like on one of their album covers, they wore jeans. And, you know, like I said, my pastor was the same way, like jeans, just like strictly were not permitted in a lot of these like, you know, churches. (laughs) And so, and then there was also drama back when he got his, um, ears pierced and things like that. And that was also just something that was very frowned upon. So I got to um, reminisce a lot about like the way, um, you know, how I, how I grew up and like, you know, um, hearing that um, I wasn't alone because obviously like, you know, back what the, the days that Fred Hammond is talking about, I was a kid, you know what I mean? So I was just literally doing what my parents told me to do, but I never really realized at that time that this was like a, a, bigger picture kind of thing. And like, you know, today to hear Fred Hammond say like, no, like I would get booed and stuff like that because we had jeans on, you know, and it's just crazy. So um, yeah, that's, that is, that is back in the day though. And obviously things have changed um, for, for um, church everywhere. And I'm, I'm definitely happy about that. Um, let's see here. Yeah. So, um, all right guys. So this, this would not be hot dog topics if we did not make this about dogs in some way. So, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about, um, well, what I'm getting to is kind of on that whole reminiscing tip that I was on, like, you know, thinking about, um, you know, growing up in church and just thinking about like the people that I met, you know, when we were in choir and like doing all this kind of stuff. Um, it reminded me a lot about, um, the house that I grew up in when I was little. And so I experienced a lot of firsts in this house. Um, I had the, well, for me, I I experienced a lot of firsts. So my family is from California. We moved to Vegas when I was five years old. So a lot of my memories that I can remember are from like that time, you know? Um, so like my first Christmas I remember was in that house, um, my first best friend, if you guys have if anybody who's close to me has ever met my my best friend Jasmine, we've literally been best friends since we were five. Um, but I also had my first dog in that house. Um, and the type of dad that I had, like he was just like, no, we're not getting a dog. Dogs are bad, bad for us. like we're not getting dogs and stuff. So we always wanted a dog and my dad like would say no. Um, but one day my sister came home with this little, like we called her a mutt, like Snowy. We don't know what she was. She was like this little dog and, um, she was like all different colors and we got to keep her and she was so small. She did not belong in the backyard, but we had to keep her in the backyard. And, um, anyway, I have very, very fond memories of Snowy. Uh, I don't know that we have any pictures of her. That's one thing that I really um, wish I had of that, um, you know, house is, is, is photos. But um, nonetheless, like, I, the memories that I have with Snowy are just always going to be just so important to me. Um, a lot of things that I learned about, like, dog training, it was then. I think we got Snowy when I was, like, seven or eight years old. And it, Oh, by the way, Snowy was, like, very much my sister's dog. Um, and I, But I saw my sister... Um, training snowy and so like snowy knew a lot of commands and basically i would just be like sitting there watching my sister be very patient with snowy and like being like okay you know you're not gonna be able to get this this treat if you don't sit right there and i'm gonna walk over here but you have to stay right there and like my sister like literally I don't know ten years old <laughs> was teaching snowy how to do all this stuff and so snowy was very smart and um I always envied um the way that my sister interacted with her and so obviously when I grew up it was like very important for me to get um my own dog and um yeah so shout out to snowy um she was definitely um the times that we the the times that we did let her in the house like my um when my parents would like know, going, like it was just me and my sisters, we would let snow in the house. And so it was always a good time. So shout out to her. All right, you guys. So before we get into my weekly confession, I do want to let you know how you can support and keep up with us during the week. So if you have any questions or you want to share your opinion with the podcast, email us at hello at singledogmom.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at the Single Dog Mom. Visit our website, blog, and shop www.singledogmom.com. And right now, if you're listening on Apple Apple Podcasts or Spotify, do me a quick favor and tap that five-star rating if you love the show. Thank you. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and hop into my confession today. So, um, last week was part one of, um, finances. I feel like it was a little bit softer, but trust me, it'll make sense at the end of this episode. Um, and then after, um, finances today, the next week we will wrap up the, um, friends, family, and finances, um, portion, um, wrapping, wrapping it up with, um, family. So, all right. So, I have a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> I might be talking super fast. Um, I'm not trying to like go over anything. I'm not trying to like not give each um, point here. It's like what it's what it's what it deserves. But I just have a lot to um, talk about here, so I'm gonna try to get this done within 20 minutes. All right, so um, let's jump right in. So finances part two. Um, here's what we did wrong. So we did not talk about finances. We did not talk about how we were going to man- uh, manage our finances as a married couple um, when we were engaged. Um, we didn't even talk about it when we were like um, dating, you know, um, this is not something that we went over. So obviously, you know, it goes without saying like, yes, there was trouble down the, the line because we, it's not even something that we talked about. Okay. Um, I think that I went into marriage with the mindset of like, what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. Um, and I think that he definitely did not. I think that he went to uh, marriage, um, with the opinion that, you know, um, our finances are separate. We are going to split things 50 50 and, um, that's just how we're going to handle things. And, I can't really say that I had a problem with that, to be honest with you. Like, we know he didn't, he and I didn't really like have any assets or anything like that. You know what I mean? We were very like, we were like 25, 26 years old. Like, we didn't, it was just like, you know, he had a job and I had a job. So it wasn't like that. Um, But obviously, that did not, um, it would not work for long. Um, So here's how I found out that um, some things were going to be a little bit different. So, First thing, one of the first things that I remembered after um, he and I got married is I got a a call from his mom. And it's not like she didn't call us, right? She called me. And she's like, hey, you know, um, since you and um, him are now married, um, go ahead and give me your car insurance information because I'm going to put him on your car insurance. And um, she said, also... Go ahead and let's transfer his number over to your cell phone plan because I'm like, you know, we're not paying his cell phone bill anymore and we're not paying his car insurance anymore. Um, And like, I kind of did have a thought like, "Hmm, must be nice. You know, (laughs) I didn't like I did it. uh, Child thank God for my parents. I love my parents very much, but I just do not have that same story. Like ever since I moved out of my mom's house, I've been paying my own bills. So, um, I was like, Oh, so we're just going to add him. Okay, okay. So, and I, but I had that thought, like must be nice, but I never, I didn't even say anything. I was like, yep, send him over. Like, I was like, just put him on my um, car insurance, just put him on my, um, cell phone bill, whatever. You know what I mean? Didn't even mention it. Didn't even care. Um, another thing I noticed, um, A full circle moment that I had um, from the combo that I shared with you guys last week about cooking and cleaning. Um, And a full circle moment that I had about um, gifts and pumping gas. So I mentioned before um, that I personally feel like I did 75% of the cooking and the cleaning, okay? Um, Yeah. And then as far as like the, the gifts are concerned, you know, I was like, why are you, let me see, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to say this without, you know, I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful. I think I've spent a lot of time saying that, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. That's not my um, intent. I'm just trying to tell a story. Um, But basically point is, is that like, not only was I cooking more than, you know, he was, Not only was I cleaning more than he was, not only was I pumping my own damn gas and getting my car washed and all the other shit about my car, I'm making more money than you are. And I'm also working more than you are. So like, let's make this make sense here. Because I'm not like, I hate to say it. Like, and this is what I was saying to him. Like, I hate to say this, but like, I'm doing more than you are. I'm busier than you. I'm, God, I'm just like, I'm doing so much more, I'm putting so much more effort in, in that like, this is not 50-50. And if you're sitting here talking about like, oh, you don't even want to pay an extra $40 or $50 or whatever to put gas in my car in case if we like, for whatever reason, if I um, use up too much gas. All right, let's split this shit 50-50 then, because I'm paying more bills than you are. I'm working more than you are. I'm I'm doing more. So since it's clear to me now that this money topic is like, you know, it's, it's, it's 50-50, let's make it legitimately 50-50. So that's kind of like where I drew the line very early on um, in our marriage. And like it continues to go from there. All right. So like I said, this was the beginning of our marriage. Honestly, that wasn't even a big deal. We we just continued to split Uh, split things 50 50 and whatever um now i mentioned i'm i'm sitting there working 70 plus hours a week um i was tired you guys like I, i said this already i i could not wake up on time i was working like waking up in the morning, going to work, coming home. Sometimes I would cook, sometimes I wouldn't. Sometimes I would eat, sometimes I wouldn't. And I would just crash and go to sleep and have to wake up at like 4.30 in the morning. (laughs) Like, it was just like, I was a machine and I hated it. And uh, I was with this company that I love very much. I was with this company for about seven or eight years, seven, almost eight years. And, um, you know, everything was good until it wasn't. Um, I had a lot of responsibility at this job. I was very young and um, this other I moved around, um, with the company and this, this position that I got, um, the last position that I held with the company, um, just my staff just, they just didn't like me period. (laughs) Like I just was not liked. I was not embraced. Um, it was very weird for me to, um, kind of have that reception from people because it just really wasn't that way, but whatever. I was like, you know what, I'm just here to do my job, get my money. Like, they hired me for a reason, like kind of, that's what it came to. And I hate that it came to that, but that's what it came to. Um, now these people that I worked with, um, and I'm, I'm talking specifically about the people in my department that reported to me. I do realize that some people watch, uh, listen to this show rather, um, that are like that, that know that time in my life and worked with me at that time. I'm, I'm just talking about the department that we were in. Okay. Um, Yeah. So those people who smiled on my face, like everything was, shit was sweet until it wasn't. And um, like, they just, long long story short, like, I feel like I got turned on and um, like, they just like basically wanted me out. And so I was like, you know what? Fine. Like, I'll quit. I'll quit because Y'all don't fucking like me anyway. And I had been working there at that location for a year and a half. And for a year and a half, I had not been liked. <laughs> so I had just been dealing with it. Um, and I finally just gave in. I was like, you know what? I'm going to quit. And at that time when I quit, like I said, I was making more money than my ex-husband. Um, I was making great money. Like, shit was great. Um, but I just, I couldn't take the, I was just drained. I was just, I. it just was not, the money was not worth my peace of mind. And also, like I said, I did not have a college degree. And so I felt like I couldn't really move around like I wanted to because um, of that. So I quit my job, um, and I did not even talk this through with with my husband. I just quit. I um, I just quit, okay? And um, I quit with the intention of finding another job soon. And I quit with the intention of enrolling in college, okay? Um, that was my intention. So I got home and I told him that, and I said, yes, I, yes, I did. I quit my job and I didn't talk to you about it, but, 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 but I'm going to get a new job very soon. Um, I just need to, let me just take some time off to, to find, um, to get back in school. And I was like, let me get back in school. And then I, as soon as I'm done with that, I will, you know, get another job. And (sighs) that just didn't happen. Okay. Okay. Um, It just didn't happen. I had a good amount of money saved at that time. I would say, I would say ish, like 20-ish thousand dollars I had saved. Um, And that would be a good savings. Like if you had a job and you like kept saving, but like that savings and like not having a job and like having no, literally no income, my my personal um, own income, mind you, let's keep this in mind. We're 50-50. Me and my husband, it's 50-50. And that's what I was trying to reassure him. Like, don't worry, I did quit my job. But, but it's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to pay my bills. Everything's gonna be great. Okay. And I did. Like I I actually that was December of whatever year that was that I quit my job. And I didn't get another job until like May. And like from those months, I was able to um, you know keep up with, with bills and things like that. However, um, I did do some things that were not smart. Um, I was spending money like it grew on trees. You guys, um, I was really, really enjoying not working. (laughs) I had no desire to go back to work. I was like, this is fantastic. Like, work like <laughs> who's that <laughs> you know I, like i was not wanting to go back to work at all i was in school though i did enroll in school and i um i did one of those like um night school kind of things so everything was like accelerated so like things were very very fast paced so i was honestly and had i hadn't been to school um in years so i was it was honestly taking me a while to like catch up like you know with that that pace and everything so with that and um some other things that i did i'll get to in a minute but yeah, spending money on random things like brunch, you guys. I was, I was always at brunch. Um, I, I went to Vegas like a few times. Um, I was buying random shit. Now also. Um, I want to plug my blog really quickly. If you go to my blog, you'll see that I um, have a super long blog about how I got rid of acne in my 30s. So this is a time that my really, really bad acne started because I, I think I was just very stressed at that time um, of leaving a job that I loved so much and like that's when my acne just started, whatever. Um, and so I was spending a lot of money on acne stuff. And I was also um, like, you know what? I had... um. I had my hair was so heat damaged because I was always like straightening my hair and I would I would straighten my hair like almost every morning you guys like I was like, like, seriously damaging the fuck out of my hair. So I cut all my hair also at the time. um, And I decided to start a YouTube channel. Right. And that's so that's what I was doing. Um, And I was not looking for a job. Okay. Um, Then, so like I said, that was December. And then, um, in like literally still paying my bill, paying my 50% of the bills, like no problem. Um, But obviously, you know, when you make reckless decisions like that, um, obviously things happen that you have to pay, like, you know, the consequences started to to happen. So money started getting tight for me. Um, I was like, damn, I need a job because at this point, like, if I don't get a job, like, I'm going to have to start asking my husband for money. Now, is that the worst thing in the world between me and you? No. But between me and him? Yeah. (laughs) That was the worst thing in the world for me to ask him for money. Okay. Which I would also say that I've never done. I've never asked anyone for money. Like not, not any guy that I've ever dated before. Not proud of this. Like, I think that obviously if you're, um, I I don't I don't feel a way about it. Rather, like I you know, he and I just never had that relationship to where I've never had to ask him for anything. And he's never had to ask me for anything before marriage or during marriage. Um, So so that happened. And I was so once I um, realized that that money was getting tight, I said, all right, let me start to find a job. You guys no sooner than I started to really, really look for a job. um, I had a car that I had paid off at the time that I was at that, that, uh, company my, so my car was fully paid off. Um, and I was obviously able, I did the whole thing where, you know, I took my car payments that I would have paid and I put it in savings. So I was also like saving money acting like I still had a car note kind of thing. And, you know, but my, I rode my car until the wheels fell off. I bought that car in 2010. It was a 2009. And at this point this was like what 20, 2017 ish, 2017 ish. So, um, like my, my gas, like my gas tank or something was leaking, like thousands of dollars that my car was costing me. And this was just like an unexpected expense. And I was like, fuck, like (laughs) not only is money tight, but it can't get much tighter once my car, and I need a car because I'm like driving to interviews and stuff like that. Right. So I'm like, oh my God, like I was scared at this point, you guys, because my husband was watching me be reckless like this and he was not saying anything to me but I could I could sense that he was like not agreeing with the things that I was doing and so he would be like sometimes he would just check in um, I'm sorry if you guys hear my heater sometimes I, I, I always turn off my heater but I just didn't I'm, I'm not turning it off today I'm cold. Um, but yeah so I sometimes he would check in with me and be like, um so like any 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 leads on jobs or whatever <laughs> and I would like be like, oh yeah, I apply to, to a few or whatever. But so anyway, this is the, um, the, the, the the space that I was in. And um, I had the bright idea that since my car was literally about to give up on me, that I needed a new one, okay? So yeah, I, I was like, before my car just absolutely stops working, I was like, I'm going to trade it in. And I'm just going to get a brand new car and get a car note because I really want a Jeep you know? And so that's like the mindset that I was in. And so I was also, not only was money running tight because it was just running tight, but also I was like, let me get a job because as soon as I get a job, I'm about to buy a new car. And like, I did get a new job. Thank God I got a new job in like, what, June of that year. So literally I was not working for like five or six months, like (laughs) no job, like he was over it. Right. So um, the week that I got my job, I was like, boom, went and bought a new truck. I was like, yep, traded my car in. They um, they actually did give me like $2,000 for that car. I put like $5,000 extra down on it. And I was like, I'm confident in this decision because first of all, I felt justified in needing a new car. Now, did I really need a new car? No. Okay. Because the job that I got was literally in walking distance from our apartment. So i didn't need a car but i had just it was just in my mind that i wanted a jeep and i felt like i deserved a jeep after all that i had been through you know like i said the acne the um the the whole uh drama with my last job you know all this and you know stuff like that i felt like i deserved it because i was working so hard in school you know like i was just like i deserve this damn jeep so i got it and um you know again, he was like, all right, girl, like, if that's what you think that is smart, like, go on ahead. So I did that. Then you guys, then we were having, then we started having marriage problems. Okay. Now the marriage problems were not about money yet, but we did separate, like um, we separated for nine months and um, he moved out of the apartment. He got his own apartment, blah, blah, blah. Um, Now, like I said, From the time that I had spent, like the six months that I had spent not working, I went through, I blew through all my savings, right? So, and then when I had the opportunity to save money, instead I got a car note for $600 a month. So it's like, I wasn't necessarily saving a lot of money because I did get a new job, but I wasn't making as much as I was making at my last job. I did have to take like a little bit of a pay cut, but it wasn't that, I didn't care that much because I was like... I'll only be working here through school. Okay. So that's kind of how I explained it in my head. And I didn't really see anything wrong with what I was doing. Um, I knew that I, I I think in the back of my head that I I did know that I needed to save money, but I was like, I'm good. You know, like we were meal prepping, like we were, we were doing things to like save money. Um, but I, I definitely was just like, I think that this car, is needed and deserved. So I did pay that card note. So for, for other reasons, we split up. We separated for nine months. And what happened was um, when, he, when, when he moved out, I got like extremely, extremely severely depressed. Like I had never felt like this. I had never been depressed, depressed, excuse me, in my life. I didn't know what I was even experiencing and stuff like that. So I had to go to like doctors and stuff. Like I'm talking about like, you guys, I was like, I could not even sleep. And if I, by chance, if I did fall asleep, I would wake up out of my sleep crying. Like, and I would just like, I did not know what was going on. So what I'm trying to say is I stopped working, (laughs) right? So my, my husband moves out of the apartment And, um, by the way, he moved out and like our rent was like, I don't know, $1,400. And I, he was like thinking that I was going to pay the 1400 on my own. I said, I'm gonna let you know this. If you don't pay half, I was like, you're moving out. Like, I feel like I was telling him he moved out on his own will. So I was like I'm not asking you to move out. Like we're going through some things. Yes, but you don't have to move out. We should we can work through them because we're married. He chose to move out. I said if you don't pay your half of the rent, I was like we're going to get evicted. I was like I'm not paying your half. I don't have it. So you just need to pay your half. So thankfully, he paid his half throughout the whole like whatever 6 months or so that we had left on that lease and then I moved out. But like I said. So I wasn't making as much money as I used to. I didn't have really any money saved. And I was had this extra fucking bill for this expensive ass truck um, or whatever. And then on top of that, me and my ex husband separated and I got depressed and my doctor was like, look, girl, you need to take some time off of work. And I was like, I can't afford it, you know, because I told her the whole story and she was like, you know, heard you, but you need to take some time off of work. And, um, uh, something that happened with me when I first got this job, I got really sick when I first got this job. So I had, I had used up a lot of, well, I want to say I used up all of my sick and I dipped into some of my, my vacation time. So I didn't really have, so I went on FMLA. Okay. But I didn't really have, I didn't have any sick time and I barely had any vacation time. So I was um, on FMLA and like I said, when you're like, either you get it or you don't. When I was in the state of depression that I was in, I couldn't work. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't. Like, it just it just wasn't something that I was going to be able to do. You know, in hindsight, I probably should have moved back home. You know, I probably should have... Um, Fuck. Like that was honestly probably my only option at that time because me and my husband weren't together anyway. Um, but I, I wanted to make it work. I wanted to finish school. That was something that was very important to me. I was going physically to classes, so I was like, let me just. I was graduating in like less than a year. I was like, let me just finish school, and then I'll figure out like what I'm gonna do with, with money and you know going back to work and stuff like that. And so. I, I got I, I, I maxed out all my credit cards. Um, It was just it was bad. OK, like I in my mind, like as I was laying there on the couch in my apartment, I had to move out. I moved into a studio. I moved out and stuff. And I would just be laying there like fully had the um, ability and the, a good reason to take time off of work. I was on FMLA. Nobody was questioning it. But I was like, I'm not. Making any money, <laughs> and I don't have anybody to like help me, you know. So, like I said, maxed out my credit cards, just did some dumb shit, you know, and um, and yeah, that's the position that I was in. And then, um, my me, me and my husband were trying to work it out, right? So, we, like I said, we were so separated for, for nine months, we were trying to work it out, um, and we, we, we ultimately ended up getting back together, right? However, what I will say about us getting back together is that he knew that I was in debt, okay? He knew this. This is not something that I sprung on him. Um, This is something that I was very clear on. In fact, um, he and I were doing like marriage counseling um, throughout the time that we were separated and like it had gotten so bad to wear. And I had, a. um, by the way, I had a second job at, at Ulta Um, And that, that job I actually enjoyed going to. Okay. So that's how I was able to pay like some of my bills just based on the little like $300 checks that I was getting part-time from Ulta. (laughs) But like, aside from that, like I literally wasn't making any money from full-time. So um, I was, it was like Robin Peter to pay Paul type of (laughs) situations. Like it was, it was bad. Um, You know, yeah, I, but I made it work, you know, Um, but well, I made it work Not in a smart way. Like I said, I was in debt. So um, but like uh, my point is that when we were doing the marriage counseling, we had to pay like I think it was like we split half and half for the marriage counseling. So I want to say either my half was 25 or my half was 50. And I told him, I said, hey, like it would really help me if you would just pay this whole like copay for the marriage counseling because like I'm already like, you know, (laughs) struggling. So and he so he knew basically he knew he knew that money was tight for me at that point. Um, so we got back together and I had a few, you know, I, I had a few things to tell him. I said, you look, you know, my situation, you know, that I spent all this time not working, um, at my job. And then I also, when we got back together, I was about to quit my full-time job. Um, and then I, because I um, was about to get it, cause I had graduated. And so I wanted to get a new job, you know? Um, and so I said, um, I need to really get back um, on my feet. I need to really pay off my debt. I was like, so if we get back together, I want you to understand that you are going to have to pay rent a hundred percent. If we get back together, there's not going to be all this hanging out and stuff like, you know, going out dinners, parties here, like, you know, like we used to do, like it's not going to be that right now because I, I don't have extra money like that. Okay. All of this, he agreed to, Um I don't think, however, I don't think that he believed me. I don't think that he believed that I was about to be that serious. Like, dude, I have debt to pay off. And like, at this point, like, you know, I'm 30, what was I, 31, you know? So at this point, like, I, I I hadn't really thought deeply about having kids and like buying a house, like at any other point in our marriage until then, like once I was 30 and I graduated college and everything, literally, like I said, then I was like, Okay, like now, I really need to get out of debt. I really need to like fix this, you know, mess that I made because, like, I really did want to start having kids, and I really did want to, like, you know, have that life, you know, lifestyle and stuff like that. Um, And so, like, I was like, you know, yeah, we're not gonna be able to do this partying, or if we are, like, I'm not paying for it. I was like, just letting you know, I'm not paying for any anything extra. And the story's coming to an end. Oh, it's been 26 minutes. Um, and so. Um the icing on the cake, because like I said, he agreed. He was like, yeah, I'll pay the rent hundred. Um, you know, he um, he was like, I, I see that you're, you know trying to you know get back into a, a place and stuff. And like I said, I was still battling depression um, um, which he didn't understand, but I was still depressed, you know what I mean. So I was still having trouble like working. Um, we made the decision that we wanted to spend time together though, so I quit my part-time job. So that we could spend time together. And that was another reason why I said, look, I'm not about to be doing extra shit. So anyway, um, like I said, icing on the cake is this Corvette. Okay. So when we got back together, um, I put my apartment on Airbnb and I was actually really enjoying Airbnb. That was very fun to me. Um So we're back together. He's he's holding up his end of the bargain. He's paying all the bills. He's doing all this. And I'm like, you know, every two weeks, like every other time I get paid, I'm paying like as many bills as I can. Like, you know, trying to catch up as much as I can. And um, something that really pissed me off um, that I think that I wasn't able to let go of is that um, he bought a Corvette. And um, Yeah, like, I look, I didn't want to kill his excitement. He was very excited about this Corvette. The man works very hard. I'm not saying, like, you know, that he doesn't. Um, But at that time in my life, it was just very hard to see him, like, spending money on something that he didn't necessarily need because he had a perfectly, like, good working, like, I think he had a truck that he traded in for the Corvette, you know? And it was like, he had this, literally, his words, not mine, he liked to get a new car every year, okay? So it's like, can you sacrifice a year and just like <laughs> help me, <laughs> you know? And so he got the Corvette and I like, I kind of like told him about how I was feeling. I was like, you know, I, I really feel away right now because you know how much I'm struggling, you know? how Well, I, like I said, he was paying the rent. Like I wasn't necessarily struggling, struggling, but I was trying to just get out of debt. I was trying to like be above water and I felt like he was more than capable of helping me and, cough, cough, he was my fucking husband, right? So I was just like, can't believe you're buying a Corvette. And like, we have other shit going on. And so boom, he bought the Corvette. Then um, he bought a second car, a second car, a cash car. This cash car was an Audi. And um, he bought that because he said he didn't want to always, he didn't want to drive the Corvette to work he wanted to have the cash car and drive the cash car to work and that the Corvette was just for like, you know, leisure and weekends and things like that. Okay. Bullshit, dude. Like at this point, I'm pissed at this point. Like I, like I blew up on him. I was like, tell me how much is the fucking Audi? It, it was the older one. You know, how much is it? I think it. I don't know, maybe a little bit under $10,000 he paid for it cash. I was like, so you realize that I'm, Busting my ass at work, literally. I'm not. I'm all my money is going to the, the debt. I was like, look, happy to do it. I, I fully got myself into this problem. Fully understand, right? His solution was for me to just sell my truck. I was like, okay. So if I sell my truck, are you going to let me drive the the cash car? And he's like, why would I? He's like, why would you need to buy? Excuse me. He's like, why would you need to to drive? my my Audi when you don't, like, and I, I did, I worked from home, I, I didn't drive to work, but you know, we were living in fucking Texas you know, they say everything's bigger in Texas, Dallas is big as fuck, so I was like, I do need a car, and he's like, for the few places that you go, Shana, you can Uber and I'm like, again had lost it, I was like, so you're telling me that you have not one, but two cars and what I can do, is I can Uber somewhere, if I need to go somewhere like i was furious i was furious i was like literally it's what you're doing is it's it's i guess it's selfish like you know that literally the cash that you're about to pay for this audi what god I, like i like, i felt bad asking for it but i was like i just think that it would only be right for you to like help me instead because you're buying a second car that you don't need. Like if you say that you buy a car, that you want to get a car every year, then what would it matter if you put like however many miles on it for a year? Like why would you, you know what I mean? I'm just like, that doesn't make sense. I have, I I know what's up. I know I'm, I'm not going to be able to get into all that right now. I know why he wanted the damn second car. Okay. Okay. But um, I was like, you know, that doesn't make any sense. And um, I was like, and, you know, I, w- I was just pissed. I was just pissed. And so what he did was he gave me like $4,000, um, you know, for me to like, to help me or whatever. And I was very appreciative for that. Like, it really helped me out. You know what I mean? And he still wouldn't bought the, bought the Audi. And, um, yeah, like that that just didn't sit well with me. And so when I say downhill, like, you know, hopefully you're you're sensing that things have already gone downhill, but like that for me is when things went, went downhill. Now here's the thing. And this, this is, um, obviously like all of this shit is just my opinion. You know, it's just the shit that happened to me. People might not even agree with the things that I'm saying, but here's something that husbands should know about, um, you know, taking care and like being the the head of the household and things like that. So the way that I grew up, I never had to like, um, if ever I needed anything, I'm very thankful and I'm very blessed. And I, I want to just say, start there, like for any girl who had to grow up without her dad, I feel for you because I was blessed and fortunate to be able to grow up with my dad, who was very, very good Um as far as like providing for me, you know what I mean? I never had to ask him for anything. Like it was like, you know, before I even had to ask, he would just be like, you know, what do you need? Um, and even if I did like, you know, being young and doing stupid shit and need money for something, you know, he never made me feel bad for it. Like he would just be he'd be like, okay, how much do you need? You know? And I, I, I got that he was, I could still, tell that he was disappointed and I felt shame and I felt like, okay, I'm never going to do this again because it's embarrassing. I've let him down and, you know, things like that. But what I'm saying is that when you went to my father um, in 2000, I don't know what, 13 or whatever, when, when he um, asked for my hand in marriage, when you went to my father and you said like, can I, can I have your is, can I have your blessing? You know what I mean? he's seen like, you know, it's just like, first of all, you're married to me. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? First of all, no, this shit is not 50-50. Secondly, yeah, my problems are kind of your problems. And if you didn't want those problems, you should have fucking stayed separated because you were very aware of what my financial situation was at the time. Um, You know, But but again, going back to my dad, like I just never even... I've never had to ask a guy for anything. I've never had to ask a guy for anything because I could always just ask my dad. And so when I got to a point in my life when I was married and I was like, you know who could really help me out right now? My dad. (laughs) Like he could really just come through and like fix all of this shit. But what would I look like if I... Called my dad and then like, hey dad, how are you? Yeah, so my husband, see what he wants to do is he wants to buy all these damn cars. And so can you help me with my money? Like how would that have looked? You know what I mean? It's just that that's some shit that you just don't do when you're married. You know, but I was then like kind of, if I would have just called my dad, it, I would have been good. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what I didn't say. Um, So instead, what I did when he still bought that damn Audi um, and like I said, I was in a better situation. Wasn't necessarily. I'm still in debt, <laughs> um, but it wasn't it wasn't um, as bad as it you know um, was. OK, so I was just like, all right, you know what? From this point on, you got to do like and that's what I said, like in the back of my mind, like I was still firm on not paying rent. I was like, I still need to save my money, so I'm still not paying rent. So we moved into a new apartment, and he still paid all the rent. And I was like, and I'm still not going to be able to go partying and stuff like that because at this point now, I just need to save my money, like and stack it. So, um, and it like the reason that I was so comfortable doing that is because you have it. Like you're sitting, like I felt like I felt like I was getting stunted on in my own marriage, like. I don't know. It was just a very weird, and and also it wasn't, it wasn't the way that I was like kind of seeing things. It was also the way that he was talking to me. Um, Like very annoyed, very um, judgmental, you know, like, like I was a burden for him. And um, yeah, I was just like, I didn't care, you guys. Like, I just didn't care. I was like, you can say whatever the fuck you want. For as long as we're married, for as long as you're still wanting to work this out, you're paying. And I'm just not. Like, because I need to, like, save my money up so you can stop talking shit about me. <laughs> and I can't save my money if, like, we would be at dinner. Right? Like, for example, we would be at dinner and he would, like, be like, okay, so do you want to get the, the check? And I would be like, actually, no, I don't. You can get it. And... Um, you know, that would happen every time we were at dinner. Like I would not pay for dinner. And he would like, Shana, you what bills do you pay? Like you pay the internet bill. You know what I mean? Like you pay the car insurance. Like, why can't you pay for dinner? Because I can't. And that was just my answer. So knowing all of that, right. Um, and that was a very compact uh, version of, um, you know, a lot of things that transpired over the years in our relationship. Um, but knowing all of that and, you know, me having to sit with it, I think what really killed me the most um, is the fact that I think that, he, like, if anyone knew, I thought that if anyone knew, he knew my earning potential. Like, I am not a lazy person. You know what I mean? These things that I I, I did um, that kind of got me to that place... Um, I was just going through some shit, you know what I mean? but um when i first when I first met him, like he'll tell you i was I was his boss. Um, I've always been a very, very like high achiever. Um, so if you see that that I'm not like performing at that like at that speed, then you like you of all people should know like, okay, Shayna is really like <laughs> going through it and she needs my support. Um, so that really hurt. Um, it also hurt because I, I would, I would do it for him and I would do it again. Like, you know, I would, if that's my, if that's my husband, um, it's just different than being in a, just a, uh, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend kind of relationship. So I know I would have done it for him. Um, and like, yeah, he, he knows that I'm very, I'm very smart. I'm very capable. I've, I had never acted that way before and I was just going through some shit. You know what I mean? And that was just like, uh, yeah, that was just tough for, for me to get over. Um, but right now, and I'm really not trying to like brag or anything like that. I'm just like to support like everything that I just said, I'd be willing to bet money right now in my, I left what was that? Two, that was, no. Yeah, two, 2020, I, I left. So from 2020 to right now, March of 2022, I'd be willing to bet money that I make more money than he does. And I'm talking about nine to five. I'm not even talking about the shit that I do here on Single Dog Mom. I'm talking about nine to five. So like I said, you know my earning potential. You know that I go get it. So I need two fucking years I just needed two years dude you know what I mean if you would have just been a little bit more patient with me and this is not like I I I, he doesn't ever have to hear this like I don't I don't need him to know this or anything like that but I I guess I do kind of like talk at him sometimes um but like you know had he been just just that much more patient with with me like and you know the idea is that a marriage lasts a lifetime so if I just need two years out of the rest of our lifetime together to get back on the trajectory that I was on, that, you know, that I'm capable of, I would say that's reasonable given the things that I was going through that I truly was struggling with, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting how that worked out. Um, because like, yeah, like I said, without a doubt, I, I'm like back to where I was. And like, I think that, um, I think that however I got here to where I am now, you know, um, I'm just, I'm thankful for it. And I think that, um, I think that it's unfortunate that I have had to like, you know, sometimes I do say I wasted 10 years of my life. I do think that's unfortunate, but um, I'm a better person because of the things that, um, you know, I went through in my marriage. And um, yeah, so, the last thing I'll say is that um, he had this prayer that he would um, be very consistent with. And it was a prayer for, if I'm not mistaken, it was a prayer for a hundred million, a hundred million dollars. And you guys, this is something that he took very serious. This is something that he was like, I'm like, um, there's some, I think there's like a, some kind of Bible verse about it. Like, you know, be, be very, um, direct with what you want and ask God exactly for what you want or something like that. Like that was his idea, um, of like being specific about like a hundred million dollars. And so me, I never necessarily pray for money. Right. Um, I, again, I've always, I've always known how to make money. So it's not that I need to pray for money. I um, I do pray for other things, though, you know, and so when I would hear him say that he's praying for this hundred million dollars, you know, my question would be, OK, so how are you going to get it? Look, I hope that when you pray these very specific prayers that God hears you. But what are you what else? Like, like what else are you going to do? Like, how else are you going to get a hundred million dollars? Because when you're sitting down, a hundred million dollars is not going to fall into anyone's lap. And so one thing about me is that I've always had a very entrepreneurial spirit. Um, He's known this about me again. We've known each other since 2010. He's known this about me for years. Um, This business, Single Dog Mom, is something that I presented to him first. Obviously not Single Dog Mom, but um, when I started out um, with when we started out with Luke and, you know, we said we wanted to breed him and stuff like that. did The whole YouTube, Instagram thing. And then I said, you know, let's put Luke's face on stickers and let's put Luke's face on t-shirts and you know, all this, and this is an investment, right? So all this shit that I have had to buy now because I'm actually doing it, you know, I presented this to him first and, um, you know, because you have this dream of of money and I just, I want to, I guess I do have the same dream because I want to, you know, be able to, um, be good financially. Um, But how else are you going to get a hundred million dollars i don't even think that anybody that he works for in his company there at the uh mortgage place i i wouldn't even do they even is a hundred million dollars in their reach you know so so that can't you can't be serious you have to do something else and so we would actually the the months like leading up to the, the when when things like finally were just like okay I'm fucking leaving, we would actually be having like business meetings together. Uh, I really really wanted to do the sticker business. Now it's funny that um I don't even make I started out making stickers. So when I finally got settled in here in Jersey, um I was just like I'm fucking doing the sticker business right. So I bought all the sticker stuff and um I sold a few of them on, uh, for over on Etsy there, but I actually hate making stickers. So but again the entrepreneurial spirit in me led me to do something else. And um, that is never going to leave me. So long story short, um, not only did I just need two years just to be um, good on a salary, like, you know, nine to five job. Um, but, there is so much potential to earn more that I just think that um, honestly he just missed out on um, and and yeah I I um, <laughs> what did LeBron say I took my talents to fucking Jersey okay and I'm doing it up here so it's all good like I said it's water under the bridge um, but yeah that's that's um, that's kind of where I where I was with it um, all right. Well, that's it. (laughs) Thank you guys for sitting through this long-ass story um, and for listening always. I'll see you next week. Bye.